the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Okay, this week, as I promised in the beginning of the show, we're going to be joined by Suzanne Pollock, writer of Entertaining for Dummies, social strategist and co-founder of the Charleston's Academy of Domestic Pursuits. Um, I thought this would be perfect because she talks about home entertaining and we have Thanksgiving right around the corner or, you know, and the holidays and Hanukkah or Christmas. So it's, we're all going to be entertaining a lot, so I think it's, we can learn a lot. Good morning. Good morning, Suzanne. Good. Hi, Dottie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm so glad you could be on. We're all just running frantic. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a busy time of year, and it's already been starting. It hasn't stopped. Yeah, it doesn't stop now. Till after New Year's. That's exactly right. Right. <laughs> So you gotta tell make us. a plan. <laughs> so tell me, tell me something about yourself. How did you get involved with this? What made you, you know, how did you get involved in getting doing this? Uh, what made you like? You know, how did you start out? I got involved because I grew up in Africa until I was eighteen. All over, My, we moved to a new country every year or every three years. My father was in the CIA, which wow. meant that my parents went to several parties every night, seven days a week. And as soon as I got to be about 13, I went with them. And they, we also had parties at our house all the time from luncheon, Sunday lunches to dinner parties to parties for 300 people. And so although I went to 12 schools in 12 grades, African schools, English schools, no school, um, I didn't, I did not become proficient really in academics, but I know how to have a party in a house and I know how to use a house to make, to learn, to meet the world and to make everyone love you and to, um, to make connections, holidays included. Well, you know, I, uh, my mom died when I was 10 and I'm the oldest of three kids. So if I didn't do the holidays, um... They would never happen, I don't think. So yeah, it's I, interesting how many young people have have taken over the role of chief ho- party planner, chief holiday maker. Mm-hmm. So, um, as I said, it's mostly you know, the holidays are my family, but then I had a company which we did a lot of things. But I certainly could use as many tips as I can. So, what do you? What are some of the things that you suggest people? Too like what? Where would someone start? Well, um, a couple of things. One is plan ahead. Even if you've got a very very busy job, um, make plans exactly for that. Is sit down like when you lie in bed or have your eyes closed and imagine what you want the outcome to be of each event, of each holiday event, whether whatever it is, and the outcome usually is the same. You want to create. Togetherness, warm feelings, connections, not family strife. And how do you get from here to there? And one thing is good planning because when somebody comes to your house and they don't see a turkey in the oven or they see nothing going on, it makes people uncomfortable. There's no captain of the ship. It's nice to know that somebody has things organized. So that's number one. Okay. So when you say be organized and plan, do you necessarily mean that they should be Cooking while they're doing that, or they should have things set up. You know, some things. Oh, they it can means have... 
yeah, make a plan of what you want to have happen. That does not mean you had to cook. For instance, this Thanksgiving, um, because of my job, I raised the money for the Charleston Literary Festival and planned the parties. But I, it, fin- it finished on Sunday. I'm exhausted. So I am going to Richmond to my husband's house. And we're having this blended family there. And I don't plan on cooking anything, even though I love cooking more than anything. I have doled it out to everybody. Everybody has a job. And I have finally learned, after decades of doing everything, all the cooking, all the planning, backbreaking labor, that that's not fun for everybody. Because I'm just pissed off as, a ho- as the host. So everybody loves participating. So somebody can be in charge of the wines. Give people jobs. Somebody can be in charge of setting the table. Somebody can be in charge of bringing the pies, whether they're homemade or store-bought. But it's when people participate, they are more invested, and they're more invested in, in making it successful and having a better time. So, so to be people- chief organizer. Okay, so your job is to be the chief organizer. And I'm happy for you that are you going to be a guest oh, for the no. first time? I'm- no, I'm not going to be a guest because I just recently got married five months ago. And so my husband and I, he has a, I live in Charleston, but he has a house in Richmond. So, you know, every, people that are coming, there'll be quite a few. I want to make sure that there's something on the table that they like, but that they're also in charge of it. And I can relax. And, um, and if everybody just has one little job, the one little jobs of 15 to 20 people add up to everything being done. Yes, because one of the problems that I had is when I didn't do that, and I, you know, I mean, people bought a cake, or they bought, I I always had, you know, they always ask, what can I bring? But then I was always doing the serving this, that, the other thing, and I had never time to really socialize with my guests, and sometimes you want somebody who kind of brings everybody together, especially if you have people that don't know each other. If people know each other, it's probably a little easier. Yeah. Well, that you bring up a really, really good point there because the holidays, there are many holidays in my own life. And I have four children and a lot of grandchildren and tons of friends. But because maybe because I got divorced seven years ago, whatever, I have found myself alone on holidays. And it's a, mm. it's a very, it's a terrible feeling, really. And, it is. And so now what I do is on Christmas morning and also any other, all the time I do this, but especially during the holidays, I will plan something, and it's, I think of it in my head as the orphan's holiday. So people that don't have family to go to, in the morning, a friend of mine have a big brunch on Christmas morning on the wharf, on the wharf in downtown Charleston, and we bring tables and tablecloths and candle arbor, and we invite people who have nowhere, no family to go Aww. to for whatever reason. They don't know each other. And everybody has to bring a chair. They had to bring a fork. They had to bring something to eat or drink. And all we do is organize it, and like 20 people will come together, and it's incredible. It's the best, it's the best it's holiday sad. event. And nobody you know, knows each other, but at the end, they're all friends at, after the end of two hours. Well, you know, I did something. I have to tell you a funny story. Um, I, you know, as I said, my mom died when I was 10, and I was the oldest, so... My siblings, I have a brother and sister, we always vowed that on the holidays, we would always be together. So my family's together, um, their kids, and now their kids have kids, and I always invite anybody who's alone, because I'm with you. That's it's beautiful. It's real fun to be alone, all right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always do that, um, and I and when someone's alone, I, I have them, and they're more than welcome. So... Do you, now you, you, obviously, I'm a big decorator, do you decorate, do you suggest people decorate for the holidays, have a little, you know. I think people should, everybody has something that they love doing. Some people love cooking, some people love decorating, some people are wine experts, whatever it is that you are passionate about, that's what you should do. Everything else, it doesn't matter. Let somebody, you know, if you have a daughter-in-law or something that loves decorating, making wreaths or whatever it is, setting the table, let them do it. Or if there's teenagers, I used to make my mothers forget and parents can forget. They have a live-in staff, and that's their children. Use them. Oh, I like make that. <laughs> yeah, they're unpaid staff, and they and they need to be used. So when you know when one of my sons was twelve, I made him do the uh, centerpiece, and a neighbor woman helped him, and it was so beautiful. She said, "Let's make it so the butterflies could fly through." And it was, and then another one made an ant farm as a centerpiece. But whatever, it showed the personality of the family, 
it got them involved. They learn now they all, now that my children are old, and now they all love entertaining. They love all everything to do with it. You know, well, setting the I, table to, nobody likes cleaning up, though. No, that I agree. Person. That's, uh, yeah. But I have, I have nobody likes for that. If you don't oh, have anybody that loves it, yeah. hire, hire somebody, because there's always somebody that needs money and pay them very handsomely, because if you had all Thanksgiving cleaned up by somebody, it's worth several hundred dollars, they'll do it again, um, and they need the money. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I only recently started doing that, uh, and what a difference that makes. Okay, It's a life so, changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me, and I have so many questions to ask you. Um, so this year, or I said to my daughter, actually started last year, I said, okay, you know, you now have to start getting ready to be prepared to take over some of the holidays. So when Thanksgiving comes along, um, I go there and help her cook and everything like that a day or two before, but we do it at her house, and I'm breaking her in so that I say, that she can continue the tradition. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And don't forget about the whole weekend, so somebody could take over Friday night dinner, Saturday night dinner, right. Sunday lunch. I mean, there's all kind of little opportunities in there for people to take over a whole meal. If everybody's together, if you're traveling, you know, if you if there's guests and everybody's together for four days yeah well i so far i'm doing okay because i'm just looking at i'm right i'm writing notes as i speak to you but like even on christmas i do the christmas eve and my brought my brother and his wife do christmas day so we kind of split that up so i guess mm-hmm. that's good. now let me ask you is there anything wrong with having a holiday party catered or if you order out and you let's say you don't feel like cooking is there anything wrong with that no. Oh, of course it depends on the caterer. No, of course it's no, it's no. I mean, I've been to some when I've been invited out, and sometimes they're good, and sometimes they're not. But if if that's uh, if that's what you can do, that's great. Because if that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If I you have the- to use paper plates, like I love my china and I love cooking and blah blah blah. But my daughter, she uses paper plates because. You know, she has this big, huge job. She can't, she doesn't want to do the dishes. So whatever works for you is the best because it makes you be able to be a host and loving to people and not pissed off that people are in your house. So would you say a tip to people is do whatever works for you? Yes. With a loving heart, with a big, open heart. Yeah, well, that's, of course. Um, That's important. Well, that says it all. I mean, if you don't have a heart and it's cold and... Then, you know, mm-hmm. even if you have the best food and the best caterers and whatever, it, it just doesn't have the same feeling. Um, should a family be expected to stay in your home if they're visiting from out of town? What do you feel on that? Well, I think it totally depends on if you had the room, mm-hmm. you know, um, and how close you are. It totally depends. You might not be able, you might not have the room or it might be, you know, they might be allergic to cats or whatever. So and it depends on the uh, on their finances. Could, could they get a hotel room nearby? Okay. So now sometimes oh. too much togetherness is a little too much and it can cause problems <laughs> that that are shocking at the, you know, when they happen and then you think back and thought, well, that person really shouldn't have stayed for 4 days. They should have stayed for one day, one night. You know, they should have just yeah. stayed in the hotel, whatever. If you have a small apartment and you don't have a lot of room, um, and you want to entertain, you know, you know, have a few guests and entertain, how would you go about that? I have a very small house right now, and it's the best place to entertain because it's so easy to clean it up. It's easy. It's that's just when I have these fake dinner, not fake dinner parties, but that. I have people over and have this beautiful cheese platter. I'll make a delicious soup and serve it in little cups, and people just sit around in my little living room. That's one way I entertain, because it's it's very simple. Sometimes I'll just have people over for cocktails, and I'll make ham biscuits. And they appreciate it just as much as a dinner party, and it takes much less space, and it's much easier to do. And probably more intimate in certain ways. You know, sometimes if things are too spread out, they're not as intimate. That's correct, yeah. It's in the very nice and cozy to have a little spot. And do you think that when someone goes to a party 
whether it's a, a small little intimate get-together at their home or it's something bigger than that, uh, do you think that they should bring a gift or something for the hostess or the host? No, I do not think so. It's very nice if it um, if it's something that the host wants, if you know that they like a certain kind of book, if it's uh, orchid, but it's very nice to write a thank you note. That's I, I'd rather have a thank you note than anything. Yeah, you know, they're people... A handwritten thank you note. Even an email is nice, so is uh, text, but a handwritten thank you note is very beautiful. So you have so much expertise. Now you have a bunch of books out, and um, tell us about them. Well, I have a book that just came out today in the United States, and oh. it is a fantastic book. It, if you're familiar with the Last Kingdom series on Netflix, yes, it's um, it's a cookbook I did with Bernard Cornwell, who has sold about fifty million books around the world. He writes historical nonfiction. And his last series was The Last Kingdom, 13 novels that are, that are on Netflix now. And we did a cookbook together to end it. It's called Uhtred's Feast. And it Wait, came out of the What's the name of it? U H T R E D apostrophe S Feast, F E A S T. And it came out in England six months ago. It came out in the United States today. You can get it on Amazon. And I have about 80 recipes in it. And Bernard Cornwell wrote three just beautiful stories connected with his series, which is the Saxon period in 900 A.D. And he wrote a magnificent first chapter about the makings of England. So if you're interested in history, if you're interested in medieval times, if you're interested in Saxons, you can make a feast from this book, you could even use it for Thanksgiving or Christmas if you wanted to. Christmas is a couple of weeks away, a month, or whatever it is. I, I get with the holidays, everything gets plumped into one. So, how far in advance do you think you need to plan something like that? And I, well, I guess it would also depend on how many people you're having, or what do you think? I mean, what's your advice on on that? You know, it just depends on your schedule and how complicated your Christmas, how many people, like you said, and how elaborate, how much work you're actually doing. But the planning, if you're going to have other people help you, which I highly recommend, and it will be more fun, and you've got to lose a little bit of control if you're a control freak and perfectionist. It's taken me a long time to learn that. But um, not everything is going to be perfect if you have people do it, but it will be more fun. And you can start by planning now by thinking, okay, my daughter is going to be really good at this. My son's going to be good at that. My sister at this. This person doing that, and just make a roadmap of who's going to be doing what, and then ask them. And you had to convince them to do it. Right, like who's going to be the bartender or something like exactly. that. Right, right. I mm-hmm. know. I used to have. Uh, I have when I have uh, uh, get together. There's someone that doesn't really like to mingle a lot and talk. So he's perfectly happy being the bartender and just making sure everyone has a drink or a new drink. So uh, you're right. Exactly. So that's one thing off your plate. Yeah. So if you were to summarize, and as I said, I think everyone should buy this book. I I don't know. Oh, everybody should buy this book. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to get it immediately. Um, But I think it's just a natural Okay, and I am going to give my sister this book for Christmas, for sure. Uh, what, like, if you had to, like, in some kind of a priority, give us the top things that people should do when planning an event. The top thing? Think. Relax. Okay. Decide to have fun yourself, because people notice if a host is having fun, they will have fun. If they see the host is just so stressed out, it's just not a fun party. So number one advice, relax and have fun. And it's possible to have fun at your own party. If you have fun at your own party, it's the best party in the world. Everyone's going to have fun. And no one is looking at the house to see if it's dusty, if it's messy. No one cares if the food's good, if the food's great. You know, Then they can go to a restaurant. They just care about connecting with somebody else. That's the whole point of a party. So that's it. You don't have... You're not having to do anything that's perfect anything that's extraordinary the extraordinary thing is bringing people together and 
letting them have fun together and helping them along the way if they're shy or uncomfortable. Suzanne, thank you so much. I want you to enjoy the holidays, okay? And thank you. I hope you'll come back on again. And congratulations on this book. And we're all going to take your advice. And for those, as I said, I'll post all this information on our site and the radio site. Have a great holiday, Suzanne. And thanks for being a guest. You were great. I learned a lot. I took a lot of notes. Thank you. Bye, Dottie. Bye. We're going to be back with Tom Drew, our financial expert, as soon as our commercial break is over. Hey, Joe Piscopo here. If you need a Cadillac, you got to see my good friend Bill Camastro at Gold Coast Cadillac, awarded Cadillac Dealer of the Year 27 times. Bill's team is the gold standard of customer service from start to finish. It's first class all the way. Speaking of service, are you part of the Gold Club yet? Bill takes care of you, your family, your friends with the Gold Coast Cadillac Gold Club. Sign up online at goldcoastcadillac.com for service benefits that you can share with friends and family, even if they didn't buy from Gold Coast. Gold Coast is getting even bigger and better with its brand new service facility expected to be completed by early 2024. Gold Coast Cadillac in Oakhurst, New Jersey. Bill took care of me and he's going to take care of you too. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Shop goldcoastcadillac.com or call Bill directly at 845-568-7336. Attention all patriots, are you ready to embark on an unforgettable expedition? You're invited to journey with me on the Patriots Alaska Cruise, June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping today. This experience is more than a vacation. It's a chance to participate in profound discussions and spirited debates with like-minded patriots. Seven action-packed days will explore new ideas and chart a course toward a bright American future, all while surrounded by the raw majesty of Alaska's natural wonders. You'll experience powerful creation as you're immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Let's come together as patriots in this amazing landscape. Mark your calendar, June 29th to July 6, 2024. Learn more and secure your spot on this once-in-a-lifetime adventure by calling 855-565-5519 or book online at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager. Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on local now, channel 525. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Tap into our big names to help grow your business. To find out more about it, reach out to our general sales manager, Laura Schaefer, by calling 212-857-9639. Thank you for finally noticing. 
Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill, wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back and I'm here with my Eye on Real Estate's famous show co-host, resident and legal expert, attorney Stephen Ebert. He was a partner at the prestigious firm Kasson & Kasson, located all over the country. And he's always here to share his legal advice, which we'll do later. But now we are going to introduce someone that's very familiar to you because he's always on our show because we think he's great and he's got the greatest information. Thomas Drew, who's the Vice President and Regional Sales Manager at Citizens Financial Group or Citizens Bank for most of us. Morning, Tom. Good morning, Daddy. Good morning, Stephen. So nice to be back on the show with you. I've been missing you. How have you been? Uh, Busy. The holidays are here. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy time. It just time. comes upon us just like that, right? It's amazing how fast time flies. Yeah, and then once the holidays start, you know, when you're into Thanksgiving, then, then everything just, just happens and you forget it. Tom, so we're thrilled to have you on. I have to ask you a question, though. We, you know, I I do a lot of research on, 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 on everything that has to do with real estate. And what I've been finding is that there's such varied uh, forecasts. And again, when I tell, I tell every one of our listeners a forecast is just a forecast. It didn't happen. It's somebody's best guess. But there's so many different forecasts. For, for example, I've read that interest rates are going to be staying the same. They're not going down. I read that they might go down in about a year and a half from now. I read another article that said they're here to stay, high interest rates. Um, I always tell people you can't time uh, you can't time buying a house, but what is your best read on what's going on with interest rates? Yeah, well, look, I, there's definitely a lot of opinions out there as to you know which way the market's going to go. And uh, look, I, you know, I think if if uh, if I'd met a uh, you know one of these individuals, I would be like, well, let's look at the track record of how accurate your <laughs> predictions are. Um, it's very rare that somebody gets it just right, right? There's always, um, you know, so many variables that come up that can change things, you know, one direction or another. But so my sense, my my gut check here, right, when I kind of look at this, I feel like we peaked in terms of mortgage rates, right? And that was probably back in, say, mid-October, where we went just over 8%. Right. And we've been sort of steadily coming down from that, you know, high uh, over the past, say, month or so. And I feel like it's it's going to settle in, right? It, it, and it really all depends on what the Fed ultimately does and what the data points show in terms of inflation. I mean, if inflation is really the key to interest rates. And in this case, you know, we've been experiencing some pretty high inflation, right? Everybody, they feel that, you know, when they just trying to live their daily lives, right, what inflation is doing. And, because inflation has been so high, it roads into the value of fixed income, which that's ultimately who buys mortgages, right? You're buying a mortgage or a note for the fixed income. And if you feel like, hey, I'm, inflation is going to keep coming up, so that fixed income you're counting on is worth less and less. But I feel like we've, we've kind of topped out in terms of inflation readings and we're drifting down. Now, it may take longer than probably most of us would like to get 
back to where the Fed feels comfortable at, you know, inflation closer to 2%. So that may keep rates elevated for quite some time. But I do feel like we've come off the peak and we're kind of drifting down. And that's a better place to be than when rates are kind of skyrocketing straight up. Powell is very strong on getting inflation to 2%. And until he gets it to 2%, not a bit more, he's not going to really lower them that much. Once it hits 2%, that's what I read. And that doesn't mean it's necessarily true. It's a forecast. That then they might taper off a bit. That's Does that make any sense to you? Or did you hear it? It does. It like makes that? perfect sense. And I think that the Fed does not want to make a mistake here, right? Um, I think, you know, it's safe to admit, they're safe to admit that they they kind of missed the, you know, inflation building, um, you know, at post-COVID, um, and they were kind of slow to react, which is why they had to raise rates uh, such large amounts over a very short period of time to kind of really cool things down a bit. But I don't think they want to make a mistake on the other side, right, when inflation starts to cool, and it starts head, heading back down to 2%, they want to see 2%, like the whites of its eyes, <laughs> before they will start to cut. That doesn't mean that the market won't react and, and will see that happening, right? Like just this recently, more recently, you know, over the past week or so, um, you know, we've seen some prints come out where you, you're seeing the inflation starting to subside and come down. And look, people may not feel that yet in their everyday, you know, lives, but um, I do think that's going to lead to a, a better mortgage rate environment in the coming year, say in 2024. Uh, so I'd say there's some positive things to look for next year. One of the things also that, that is a conversation that we have with our clients when they're looking to buy is deciding between a fixed rate product and an adjustable rate mortgage. Are you seeing a, a, a tightening and, and similarity of rates or a widening of rates between the fixed and the arms? And, and how do you really address the question when clients are trying to decide between one or the other in this kind of rate environment? Yeah, and then we certainly are having a lot of conversations around uh, the different products that are out there with customers. But traditionally, there there really isn't that big of a spread, say, between an, uh, an arm and a fixed. But once rates sort of took off and, you know, fixed rates in the, a 30-year range for 8% or above, we, what we're seeing in the pricing was a much larger spread between an adjustable rate mortgage and a fixed rate. And consequently, customers are, are asking about it and want to understand the product and how it potentially could save them money over the short term, especially if, you know, sort of looking at the tea leaves and it's saying, hey, in a year or two, rates will be down and you can always refinance into the 30-year fixed at that point. Um, so I would say, yeah, we, we're seeing, um, uh, in terms of what we traditionally would see, it's maybe 10 or 12% or take an arm. Now it's easily double that are looking at adjustable rate mortgages, especially in the higher end of the market, right? If so you're looking to borrow what, large... You're saying adjustables are at what? They're about three-quarters of a percent lower than a than a 30-year fix. So for argument, let's just say, you know, today a 30-year fix is 7.5, a 10-year adjustable, say, 6.75, right? That's a pretty sizable difference between the two, um, you know, starting out on a mortgage payment, especially nowadays what it costs... To purchase a home, you need to borrow quite a bit of money. Uh, so, you know, on a large mortgage, there's a pretty significant difference in the payment per month between those two products. So I'm really glad you pointed out that difference because it really could have an impact on the market and, and first-time home buyers getting approved by a co-op board. And many times the co-op board is, is a little, has a stricter debt-to-income ratio than even the lender does, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to look at it uh, with a very kind of that it's definitely not through rose-colored glasses. They're going to want to make sure that the person who's going to purchase in that co-op um, will have no problem meeting their their obligations. Very true. Yeah. Now, um, I always tell all of our listeners. First of all, as I read that since they've been you know tracking mortgages, uh, that the average rate of a mortgage over as long as they've been tracking them is about seven and a half. So I don't know that we're way above what the average is. 
And to me, because I bought my first house at 15%, and I took an arm, a five-year arm, uh, and then I refinanced, people bought houses when they were 15 and 16 and 17%. So, you know, even though it's high, and it's high compared to the pandemic, when people got two and a half, three percent mortgages. So would you say that they're high compared to the pandemic or just high? Yeah, look, I, I think, yeah, they're more normal than, you know, what was happening in the pandemic, right? So everything kind of trades off of, <clears throat> say, fixed income, mortgage-backed securities, treasuries, all these things, right, come into play when, it, you know, coming up with a mortgage rate. But traditionally, you're right, Dottie, that um, seven and a half is not, you know, something completely out of the realm of normal. But I do think two and a half was way outside of the normal, right? It was artificially lowered during a time when, um, you know, the, the Fed was going out and deliberately buying all the mortgages, you know, that were out there, right, to, to artificially drive those rates lower for for consumers to, you know, either save money on a refinance or, you know, encourage them to go out and purchase a home, right? To continue that part of the economy moving, I guess the only the only thing is it, it lasted for a long time and it create, created a big hangover, right, in, in the in the mortgage market. And now everybody got used to that. And now when you tell them, well, rates are, you know, 7% or 7 plus, they're having a difficult time making the adjustment. But you know, people eventually do, and they still need to buy for whatever reason, and, you know, we help them do that. Yeah. Want to talk about how long you need to be in a house before you consider a fixed rate or over an adjustable? We'll talk about that right after our quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Thomas Drew. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX, a leading specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. InfuCareRx.com, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Here is Dr. Mario Vukic of Hackensack University Medical Center. Intravenous immunoglobulin can be used in those patients who are on immunosuppressive therapy, have primary immunodeficiency, or help prevent severe infection. IVIG is useful in conditions that are a result of an overactive immune system. From a neurologic point of view, it is used in conditions which result in intermittent weakness, numbness, or a combination of both, including CIDP, multifocal motor neuropathy, Guillain-Barre syndrome, dermatomyositis, and polymyositis. Recently, we have seen IVIG used in certain cases of long COVID respond positively to therapy. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. I saw it myself. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business or Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, 
Email info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. War has played a key role in the history of the United States, from the nation's founding right down to the present. Wars made the United States independent, kept it together, increased its size, and established it as a global superpower. Hi, I'm James Early, host of the Key Battles of American History podcast. In each episode, I discuss American history through the lens of the most important battles of America's wars. To start listening now, go to ParthenonPodcast.com or search Key Battles of American History on your favorite podcasting platform. The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Ion on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Ion on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Ebert, and uh, we are talking to our financial expert that we have had on the show for years, uh, Vice President and Regional Sales Manager at Citizens Bank, Thomas Drew. So we're talking about interest rates. Are they high? Are they low? And I think I was talking about that you can't time the market. And so this has been a pretty stagnant year in real estate across the country. There's not been a lot of transactions. My personal opinion, and I say it's my opinion, is that it's not over the interest rates as much as there's no inventory. And I've told consumers, that again, my you know, you can't time properties. And if you look at what's going on now, if you're looking at a property now, there's not a lot of inventory, but there's not a lot of as many buyers out. So, you know, you might have a better shot. And if you're putting your home on the market now, and a lot of people are waiting, but there's not a lot of homes on the market. So, you know, it might be a good time to put your home on the market. And again, holidays coming, a lot of people tend to take it off. But if you have a buyer that needs a... a a mortgage during the holidays and is out looking, I, I would assume you think that they're serious. So would your advice, where do you see the rates going like in the next six to eight months? Yeah, so I, I think uh, buyers should not be discouraged from from looking. I feel like, uh, you know, we're in a better trajectory towards lower rates. Um, it may not happen, you know, exactly in six months. It may take 12 months, but you know, there's that, um, you know, I look at it this way, right? Like the other side of it is, hey, when rates do come down to say, you know, 6% or in the fives, there's going to be a lot more people going out there to look for a home, right? So whatever homes are available, now you're going to be competing against that many more buyers who are now like re-engaged, they're ready to go. Um, sometimes the best time to do it is when, uh, you know, it's in the dead of winter and there's few people out there looking to make that commitment, right? Um, you know, spring is busy, right? You wait till the spring, and then everybody is running to open houses on the weekend to look at houses. So, you know, the last house I bought, I literally went to look at it on Christmas Eve. And no, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve in the really? rainstorm. Yes, and there was, you know, I was like, nobody was looking at the time. It was the best time to go look for a house. Um, so I tell people that all the time. I said, look, I found the house that, you know, I live in now that I love, um, on the you know the eve of of New Year's Day, and it was it was great. But again, you know, waited if I waited a few more weeks, may not it may not have been there. It may have just you know would have been more competition, more people thinking about it, looking into it. So I say, if you're serious, it's probably one of the best times to go out and look. Hey Tom, you know one other concern about rates and timing is on the front end of the transaction. So many clients when they see this market, I mean, we saw what's happened recently. We had earlier in the year rates go up, a little bit of a blip down, which is good. Um, and so many people are trying to time the market, lock in the rate. But then, if you don't lock in the, if you don't close on time, you're going to run into costs. Can you just give a little detail for clients as to 
as to when um, we have to consider rate locks and extension fees and how it works and how it's priced because I feel like that is a risk that uh, happens to a lot of buyers who are not prepared to think about the timing of a transaction. Yeah, and I think this is where having a uh, you know a great team behind you comes into play, right? Including your your agent and your attorney and your loan officer. Because that's a conversation that needs to take place, I think, with everybody. It doesn't have to take long, but say, hey, look, you know, we typically lock in rates for 60 days, you know, and on some properties, 90 days. Are we going to be able to complete this transaction in that time frame? And if not, you know, here's what the costs are to extend beyond that time frame. So I always tell people, look, um, you know, don't go into this blindly because you may wind up spending a lot more money at closing to hold your rate than what might be necessary. So let's say, you know, there's some contracts now uh, that the sellers don't want to get out for 120 days or even longer. Well, it doesn't make sense for you to lock in a rate for 60 days right now and pay multiple extension fees at closing when, in fact, you know, we can kind of discuss a couple of options. There's many different ways to kind of look at that, but at the end of the day, the first thing you need to do is just understand, especially in New York, like what an honor about date is, right? I'm sure, Stephen, you can, you know, shed some light there, but that's the first thing I ask. I'm like, well, what's your honor about date for closing? And, you know, what's the likelihood that the seller is going to be able to, you know, close within 30 days after that honor about date? Um, what, what are the discussions that have taken place? Because there's, a, there's money at stake here. So let's just not leave that to chance. T- totally agree. I mean, you need to understand the perspective of the parties. You always want to find out what's motivating your counterparty, because even though you have a contract with certain terms in there, the reality is with residential real estate, there is some flexibility, there is some wiggle room, and you got to make sure you're not on the short end. And, you know, one of those things I know people feel so under, you know, so under pressure on that rate lock, and, and it is so important. And, and I always recommend that every buyer client of ours you have that conversation with your loan officer who understands the local market as you do um, to make sure that they're prepared, they understand what the financial risks are of locking in too early versus too late, and making sure that they're prepared so that there are no surprises down the road. And that's great advice because let's say you, uh, you mentioned co-ops before, right? So now with a co-op, everybody might be ready except the co-op, right? <laughs> you know, to schedule the closing. Um, the co-op attorney might just be like, no, that's not going to work for me. And, you know, you got to worry about a rate lock expiration and other things expiring, but now you're waiting on them, right? And even if the seller and the buyer are ready to go. So all that has to be, you know, thought through and discussed and, and planned for. I'd say, hey, look, I'd rather you, um, you know, have a, a week or two wiggle room than try to, you know, hit the bullseye from across the room with, with a closing date. Um, and that's kind of how we try to plan things. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I just have a couple of questions. That How long does someone have to think they're going to be in a house, a home, before they would consider a fixed mortgage? Is there an amount of years? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, look, I would try to look at what's the average lifespan of a mortgage and go from there, right? So average lifespan of a mortgage is about seven and a half years. So that doesn't mean that you're selling the house in seven and a half years. It just means that uh, every seven and a half years, you're doing something with a mortgage, right? You're refinancing it. Maybe you're selling it, but the lifespan or the shelf life of that loan is only about seven and a half years. So most people, you know, will, will finance for 30 as a 30-year fixed, but in reality, something else changes. Every time you refinance, it costs money. And again, every state's different, but I know in New York, it's pretty hefty when you have to refinance things. Yeah. Just so give people yeah. an idea of, you know, what, the, those, what those fees are. And again, state by state, it's different. But what people have to think about also, because you've got to look at what it's going to cost you to refinance, Correct. Correct. And you want to make sure that the savings per month is big enough when you do refinance to recover that, to recoup that in a fairly short period of time. And that's a that's a very easy calculation when it comes time to refinance. And sometimes we talk people out of it, say, nah, the rates aren't low enough yet. Like, wait. 
And then, you know, so when they figure that calculation out, say, ah, you know, I'd like to recoup my costs in, in 12 months. Okay, well, this is where rates need to be, you know, for that to happen. Um, typically, I tell people if it's less than three years, most likely makes sense. More than three years to recoup probably doesn't make any sense. Um, and that's my kind of rule of thumb when it comes to refinancing. How do they reach you, Todd? Because I know you always give people straight on, accurate information. How do people, if they want to get in touch with you so they can discuss, you know, options and whether they should refinance or what type of mortgage they should take out? How do they get yeah, in touch with you? Yeah, no, I think I, 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 you know, I respond to uh, emails regularly all the time. My, uh, my email address is thomas.drew at citizensbank.com. And uh, I find that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and, uh, you know, we can set up a time to to discuss maybe a particular situation or, you know, if, hey, you're just getting started and you want to know what do I need to do next, um, be happy to walk you through that process. I think we're going to be back. Listen, enjoy the happy, enjoy your holidays, and hope you'll be back right after the beginning of the year. Um, We'd love thank to. you again. Love, we love having you on. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.